Welcome to Backstory and Beyond with your host, Ward Kampf, seeker, innovator, and president of Northwood Retail. As Ward travels the country, he'll share the industry insights he's gained over a three decades long retail career, introduce you to trailblazing business leaders and disruptive founders, and uncover the real deal about some of the greatest cities in the world. This week, Ward sits down with Charlotte-based stylist Erica Hanks, founder of Showroom, a business dedicated to curating fashion collections for the working woman. They'll discuss how recognizing a gap in the market is the key to success, why retail owners need to be working the store floor, and Erica's strategies for building a sustainable wardrobe. All that and more on this episode of Backstory and Beyond. Erica Hanks, thanks for coming. We've been thinking a lot about founder businesses, and I think it's the heart and soul of retail. I think the retail world has become homogenized, and one of the reasons we wanted to visit with you is you've created this curated, edited store, and now two stores. You worked in styling from Vogue to the Grammys, and then you worked with athletes and just kind of dive in. Talk to me. Yeah. So I've actually been in retail since I was 15. I lied on my resume to get a job at the mall because my parents told me that I was getting too expensive for their <laughs> for their lifestyle. So at 15, I said, well, that's it. I'm going to head to the mall and I'm getting a job. So I've always worked retail, just kind of anything that you can think of in retail I've done after, you know, having kids and trying to figure out what this would look like for me once, you know, my kids were getting older. I started looking into fashion writing, something that I could have done from home for local magazines. So I started doing that. And then that kind of segued into working with those magazines to dress for editorial shoots, content. And then eventually that led to getting signed by an agency to represent me for commercial and editorial work. So I did work for like Nike and then, you know, athletes started to show interest in needing somebody that would help put them together. Where I am in Charlotte, where we live, it is a very athlete sports central city. We have basketball, we have football, we have hockey, we have minor league baseball, we have NASCAR, and no one was really catering to these men that had millions of dollars, but they, A, didn't want to go shopping, B, didn't have the wherewithal to figure it out themselves. So I started to really realize that there was a niche here and a need to help these guys out. And so started working from magazine styling, and I segued that into NASCAR styling, which led to the NFL. And, it, you know, one thing led to another, you know, and it was all word of mouth. So these football players in the locker room would say, hey, you know, where'd you get those shoes? Oh, yeah, I've got a stylist in town and I could hook you up with her. And, you know, it just kind of avalanche that way. And here was this wife and this mother of three, you know, in suburbia Charlotte. And I was dressing these guys for, you know, the ESPYs and ESPN and every red carpet. So it's an interesting segue. You know, we'll, we'll get into the next chapter, but you look at like Joe Burrow rocks that streetwear look, you right. know, and yeah. the kids just... They're fascinated, and Brady's got this very – Tom Brady has this very elevated yeah. look. And I think kids are very impressionable, and I think they have a lot of influence. It's interesting that 
you were the one kind of behind the scenes doing this. And now today it's like. Yeah. You know, you could say that the walk to the tunnel now is the men's runway. Oh, yeah. And it's not just teenage boys and college kids, boys that are looking at it. It's men are looking at it, too, because these are, you know, men that are strong men. They look up to these men. They respect these men and their head to toe and tailored looks. They, you know, have that swag. And now men have something to look at versus, you know, before I think men were hesitant to even like think about having style because it might have have had some kind of effeminate connotation that maybe it was kind of a little weird for them. But now, you know, they look and see their athletic idols taking the time to pull themselves together and seeing the value in that. And now you flip completely into women. So yeah. let's styling from men's styling into women's styling and just yeah. kind of how did all that So it started to be before the pandemic. I had a couple of my athletes. One, he's huge, literally and figuratively, in in the NFL. And he was 25. And I had a NASCAR driver who, I mean, he's amazing. He was, you know, Forbes 30 under 30. He was like the new golden kid. He was 23. You know, these guys have money to burn. And no one knew that this mid-40 mom of three was dressing these guys. And it it started to dawn on me before the pandemic, like there's going to be a day when these guys are not going to want, you know, down the road a 50-year-old dressing them. You know, it's like your mom dressing you, right? It's like they're going to eventually want somebody younger and cooler. So, you know, I started to think during the pandemic, like what can I do to pivot in all of the experience and the value that I bring to the table? And how can I use everything I've learned from men's wear, women's wear to create something that's going to have longevity that, you know, maybe I've got two girls, maybe my girls would want to be interested in doing something that could, you know, have more of a team. Whereas like when I was a stylist, it was basically me as the one man show. So I started looking around. One thing I always heard, because, you know, even though I did do athletic styling, I always dealt with executives in sports. I always dealt with, you know, the female executives, the handlers, the PR girls, and everyone would say, oh, you know, he looks so great, but like, where would I get a suit? Where would I find really cool workwear for myself? And so I would always direct these women to certain places. And, you know, it's just like, there's no place for women our age to get really cool fashion-forward workwear that was age-appropriate, that was at a really good price point. And I so I started researching it. I started looking online, and there really wasn't any website dedicated to the modern working woman. And so I was like, if there's nothing here, I need to create this because right. I am this. And, you know, you don't want to go through an online site and sift through 20 pages that are not appropriate for work. Um, you want to feel empowered. And that was the goal of starting Showroom. That's why we only have one item out on the floor from each piece. I want you to feel like everything in here is laid out exactly for you. Everything was curated to be versatile, to go with other pieces from different designers, from different price points. And we've got women that shop with us from you know teens all the way up to their 90s that can find pieces to wear from Showroom and, and put it together the way that they love. You you opened your first store in Kiowa in 2021. Probably one of the highest compliments I've heard, the CEO of Serena and Lily, Lori Greeley, lives on the island, said, you know, 
the best store in here is showroom. And I thought, A, that was a really high compliment, but also just the way you've been able to evolve. And like you said, you know, between some of the brands you've been able to pick up, you know, Victoria Beckham, you know, not a lot of people have that. No, we're the only ones in Austin to even carry it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you guys are doing some things that are just right in the sweet spot. Right. Not too high end, not luxury, but like. Yeah, I mean, it all came from feedback from women that I dealt with in my styling years. It's, you know, they they love that whole, you know, Gucci, Chanel, Balenciaga look, but they don't necessarily want to spend $3,000 on a jacket they're going to wear to work, you know, and maybe wear it just a couple times. They need something that's great for travel. They need something that's going to be versatile in their closets. They need something that is not going to break the bank. So I actively sought out brands that, you know, not only fit this mold, but also this woman wants to be tailored. You know, it's not the woman in corporate America that's going to be dressing like a hippie. She wants to feel tailored, empowered, and, you know, go shoulder to shoulder with the men in the room. And we're really lucky to have people that are willing to work with us at, you know, being such a young brand. I think for me, just, you know, being able to tap into resources and these people that I've made such great partnerships with on the styling side and, you know, building that reputation on that end. It's crazy. I yeah. mean, it is. And it's crazy you're the only store in Austin that says right. a lot about you guys. So. And what's crazy even too is that at Kiowa Island, we sell more blazers and workwear then we sell sneakers and casual wear because that woman that is coming on to Kiowa with you know going to her second third fourth home she is on vacation and she can actually focus on what she wants to wear and we a lot of times we will ship things to her home in Chicago New York uh, wherever she's based and it's a lot of it's the attorney the doctor the press, press woman. Um, she owns her own business and she's on, you know, holiday and she picks up her workwear from our island store. You know, we've seen, I think we're seeing the slowing of athleisure wear. Yeah. You know, the Lulu thing was a run for the last 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. It is part of their wardrobe, mm-hmm. but it's not as pervasive as it's been for the last two or three years. I mean, first we had to get out of pajamas at the <laughs> yeah. beginning of the pandemic. Rolled over to that. I was in the Charlotte Airport, I'll never forget, February of 21. It was the first time I'd seen women with the dress up. You know, like yeah. everybody was waiting for that to come back. What we're seeing that's trending is more specialty. You know, people, especially after the last few years that we've had, they're wanting to spend money. But if they're going to spend money, they want to make sure it's worth it. So for me, my team on in both stores, especially online as well, we talk a lot about stories. We want to educate our customer on the story of each designer. We want to tell them where the item is made, what makes the piece special, why is it in this store, why they need it. So the woman in 2023, you know, she wants that special piece. If it's a top, what makes the top special? What makes the top worth $300? It's not so much the, oh, it's just a t-shirt. I'm just going to grab it. It's she's looking to wear a really cool top that has a story that has an edge that has some kind of fashion forward focus. She's going to throw it with her jeans. She's going to throw it with a pencil skirt. She's going to throw it with shorts, but it's definitely more special pieces, more occasion wear. People are wanting to dress up. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that about special occasions. I do think that people are being, you know, what I call it's a purposeful purchase. Yeah, they want to have fun. They know it's going to get on social media. They know their picture is going to be taken, whether it's a selfie. It's a great point. You know, and so we even, you know, if someone is coming to us and they're saying, you know, we're going to an event and it's going to get covered by XYZ and blah, blah, blah. We always take into consideration for them, well, you're probably going to get shot from the waist up. So let's make sure this on in a photo looks fantastic. And, you know, we really work hard. We have a stylist dedicated online and in both stores that I train personally and mentor to help these women and to be able to talk to them the way I would talk to them. So that way they get that for sure, customer, intimate, personal experience. Talk a little bit about sourcing. You know, I know you're anti-fast fashion. You're about sustainability, which I think is great. I go back to people really being thoughtful about what they're buying. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what you know. Yeah. I mean, for me, sustainability has always been on top of mind. Even when I was a stylist, I would say I have two rules. So if you like something, put it back. If you love something, get it. And with that piece, can you put it together three different ways in your closet? If you can get that extra mile, that longevity in that piece, you're going to want to wear it more. It's going to stay in your closet forever. It's just not like a grab and go. You know, environmentally, fashion is one of the top killers of this planet. And it is a big responsibility for our industry to take a look and see what we're doing. So, For me, definitely, I look at brands to align myself with and look at their practices, look how things are made, where things are made. You know, some of our brands are GOTS, G-O-T-S, GOTS certified. So that means they've gone through the rigorous tests to be, you know, globally sustainable. And then just thinking about, like, the showroom piece, the appointment piece, I think you do do stuff by appointment. You have brick and mortar. You know, talk about kind of how that works. And then also, you know, your online versus brick and mortar, how it plays into your business and walk me through that. Yeah. So we started three years ago, online only. Right. Started during a pandemic, which was not the plan, (laughs) but it was what it was. So it was a, it was a strong uphill battle that we had. And our online customer definitely is kind of like all over the place, but she's, you know, definitely intentional. We don't get very many returns at all, which is great. We do a really good job about having our entire team, you know, try on pieces and we will change up descriptions online so we can be as accurate as possible. You know, if something is running small, we'll write it in the description. We just, we want to make sure that we have at least the least amount of returns as possible. We've heard this feedback from a lot of our customers is, the women that are employed by me, we're all different shapes and sizes and colors. So our customer sees themselves in our entire staff. So, you know, you have a beautiful store here in Austin. Thank you. You know, Kiowa, you open, I was actually there during the PGA when we met, and all of a sudden you're there for a short amount of time and a brush fire just turns into a wildfire. Do you right. walk me through that? You know, we'd always gone as a family to Kiowa Island and – you know, there's great stores there, um, like Lily Pulitzer and, you know. Vineyard Vines. Vineyard yeah, Vines, yeah, thank yeah. you. But, you know, there wasn't anything that kind of fit who I was as a fashion 
lover. And I thought, surely someone on this island feels the same way that I do. And let's just try it. Let's just maybe see how we do in a three-month pop-up. And during the PGA Tour, I mean, we in two days made quite a lot of money. And these girls were like, don't go anywhere. You're staying here with us on this island. And, you know, that's where we started honing in our customer service with styling appointments. We have a stylist there. She's great. And we have women from all over the country that come into that store. We tell them, you know, hey, we've got this styling service. You know, anytime you're in Kiowa, come see us. We'll book out. We'll carve out time for you. If you, you know, can't make it to Kiowa, if you're out of state, we'll ship you your favorite things, try them on in your home, send back what you don't love. We'll help you put it together. You know, we'll just be like your virtual go-to in your pocket. And, you know, we really started carving out to see what that really looked like and perfecting that program on Kiowa. So when Austin came around and we had an opportunity to come out here, we kind of hit the ground running with that VIP program. And so far, it's been really great. The Austin woman is like, I can't believe you guys do all this. And I can't believe you wouldn't do all that. You know, you gone are the days where, you know, you just go into a store and the sales girl just stands behind the counter and doesn't speak to you. Like the woman now, she wants more. She wants that interaction. She wants that intimacy. She wants that personal relationship with, you know, whatever she's buying because she wants to make that connection. And for us, we understand the value of that, and which is why we offer that VIP program. That, you know, that's how things, that's how you know you have something. But a lot of people aren't prepared for success. Right. The pace starts to pick up, you know. So talk yeah. about that, you know, like. Yeah. So Kiowa just went off the ground and just went running as soon as we opened. I mean, the PGA Tour was wild. I remember we had only hired two people in the beginning because we didn't think like, okay, who knows if this is going to be a hit or not. And I ended up coming down almost every weekend to work from Charlotte. And we saw, okay, we're running out of this. We're running out of that. And we had inventory for online in Charlotte. And I was bringing down every weekend a full carload of inventory to supplement because we were going through it that fast and, you know, calling some of our brands and saying, we've already sold out and you just delivered this. We need more. So it was a really great experience <laughs> on how to navigate that, but also how to scale something that is really taking off, but still doing it slow enough where we're still making a profit and we're not burning ourselves out. So I think we did a great job with, you know, hiring intentionally, hiring slowly, just kind of managing that store to get it level to where it is now. From inception to actually getting the showroom open, oh, how long? Two weeks. Yeah, wow. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, two weeks and me and my employees, there was two other employees. We put together all the furniture ourselves. We didn't put a lot of money in. We had it, you know, we had a contractor in and out in 10 days. So we were just like, okay, let's just upfit this just to make it look presentable for a pop-up. And we've been there for two years now right. <laughs> looking for a new space in Freshfields. But yeah, so then we started to say, okay, we need to develop more of a business plan. Like, 
how much do you think we can make per month? And how does that translate into, you know, hired help and, and marketing? And, you know, what can we do? Can we bring designers down here? You know, we were able to bring one of our designers from New York and he made a Kiowa Island hibiscus print dress from this gorgeous Italian cotton poplin. And he made it exclusively for our store. And the Kiowa Island women went nuts for it. We did an entire dinner out on the lawn. It was a gorgeous long table. He interacted. We had Jill Biden's stylist come down and he worked with all these Kiowa women one-on-one styling and he was throwing belts on them and necklaces and they just thought it was the best thing ever. So I think our business plan started out with, okay, we've, we've got something here. How do we bring New York to Kiowa? How do we bring Paris to Kiowa? How do we, how do we market events and work alongside Northwood to make Kiowa a fashion destination. And so we have another designer we are bringing for springtime too. It's going to be just as great. You know, I love to be on the front line and know what's going on all the time. Exactly. I was just having this conversation in Paris because not a lot of business owners work their store floors. And I actually tried to work one of my store floors at least once a month. I also do all the buying for our store and online. So it's important for me to get it right because obviously we want everything to sell. And in order to do that, I need to know who this customer is. And so I enjoy, I was working out of the Austin store today, helping people. I want to know what people are gravitating towards. What colors are they looking for? What fabrics are they gravitating to? All of their feedback when they are in the dressing room, when they're trying things on, their reactions to certain things, I take into account when I go to markets. You know, and I'm around a lot of the other buyers for the major department stores, and these buyers, they are not on the store floor. And I personally feel that it should be mandatory. Every buyer of every department store should work the store floor once a week for a week every season because there is, you could tell in some of these department stores, there's such a disconnect on what is being bought for the store versus what people are buying. And then you have so much overstock and that's why you've got these blowout sales because it's not selling. It's not resonating with the customer. So I do make it a point to get on the front line every month and make sure that what my customer needs is what I'm going with that feedback to market and getting exactly what they need. And I would imagine people are coming to you right now saying, can we get, you know, in your store? Yes. Yeah. Had some emails today. (laughs) And not everyone is a fit, you know, even like really beautiful brands that I personally love, like, and I always have to ask myself, do I have a customer for this? Is there enough of a collection that I can purchase that can create this story for this brand to our customer? You know, I think the stores, like I said, America became very homogeneous. And I think we're in this spot where unique retailers that buy proprietary or they're one, you know, like you're the only one with Victoria Beckham. It makes it special. Right. It gives you the experience. It allows you to sell, mm-hmm. you know, and it allows you to pivot. If something's not selling, you can edit it out and say, you know, it didn't work. Right. So, you know, kind of speak to that. There was actually a great article in Business of Fashion about the disconnect where the American department store looks one way and a European department store looks another way. Um, if you've ever been to Paris, Le Bon Marche, it's 
gorgeous on the inside and it's so artfully designed and curated and, you know, aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, if you've ever been into like an old Macy's, you know, with the fluorescent lighting and, and the stained it's carpeting. It's a box. It's a box. You know, it's what and, it is. And, you know, I think people are wanting more and it kind of goes along with, you know, what we're doing in our styling program, developing personal connections. People want to go into the store and feel a personal connection. They want to be, want it to be aesthetically pleasing. They, they want to have an experience. When you're, you know, in your travels or, you know, as you go to buy, just where do you look? Where do you, you know, when, when you're in New York or you're in LA or there are certain stores, Dallas, Austin, do you pay attention to the competition or you just say, you know, I have tunnel vision and I'm going my way and I'm not paying attention to the competition because some people just have tunnel vision. They know exactly how to execute. Mm -hmm. Well, for strategy, I always... I have a saying too, Ward, and it's blinders on. Like, you know, you see the horse with the blinders. It's like, you know, focus on what you're doing right. and not worry about anybody else. But for inspiration, for sure, you know, when I travel, I try to carve out time to go to museums, to go to exhibits, to, you know, my favorite in Paris is Le Bon Marché and Samaritan. Samaritan is owned by LVMH. Yeah. So you can't get any more beautiful than yeah. that. But I think, you know, sometimes we can get uh, stuck in our old routine, especially 100%. when it's creativity. And for me, I'm always looking for different things that can potentially work for our customer and things that maybe I haven't even thought of that are working for retail and other places that I can, you know, take a bite-sized piece of it and give it to our customer. So just walk through kind of like perspective of like, was there a point in time where you said, hey, this is too much. The styling was easier, but yeah. I'd love to hear kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think as a business owner, every day you question <laughs> how long you want to stay in before you throw in the towel. Um, but then there are days that are just fantastic yeah. and great. And you're like, I love my life. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, after the pandemic, we thought we were in the clear. I guess it was 2021. And then around November, Thanksgiving, Christmas, everyone started getting COVID again. So, you know, we thought, okay, 2021, we're going to be out of pandemic. Everyone was like, oh, this fall, this holiday, it's going to be the roaring 20s. Like people are going to want to get dressed again. People are going to go out. So, and, you know, what we do is we, in retail, we have to buy six months ahead of time. Right. So six months prior, you know, you're taking a gamble and you're hearing everyone saying, oh, we're going to be on the upswing by, you know, second half of this year. So then you buy deeper into holiday and you buy deeper into these New Year's Eve dresses. And then, you know, out of the blue, Omicron hits. Everyone's getting sick. Everyone's getting canceled parties. Like, and it happened across all of retail. All of us had overinflated inventories. And when you have an overinflated inventory, you're not making money. Right. And you've got to drop serious orders, you know, very quickly. And so... 2022, I started to evaluate and just take apart every single order, what was coming in. If orders were coming late, we were canceling those orders because, you know, it wasn't going to have a long sell-through for us. And we need to have that long sell-through at top margin in order to make our money. So I started to be very mindful about, you know, canceling what we could, holding on to what we could sell, trying to level off that inventory, having a blowout you know, after Christmas holiday sale to level off that inventory. But I mean, 2021 going into 2022 was 
probably I was like, okay, what am I doing here? Right. <laughs> um, this is, this sucks. But, you know, it's just like anything, you know, in business, you take a risk, you take a gamble, but it's how you weather through, you know, the parts are, that are not so nice and how fast you can pivot for your entire team that expects you to make a profit so they can make their payroll, so they can have insurance. You know, it's it's all that goes into factoring when you are a business owner. You've really got to know what you're doing. It's not for everybody, but you learn very quickly how tough you can be. You know, one of the things I've always respected about founder businesses is the hustle. In fact, I have a poster in my office when I saw the movie American Hustle, and it says, the tagline on, on it says, everybody hustles to survive. And I just love that about founder businesses because we all come from somewhere. And it's about survival from day one. Like It's like, what can I grab? I think your thoughts on going into markets where you can get the exclusive proprietary merchandise is incredible. You know, the hustle is real. Like having to find, especially like places, and we were very fortunate. Kiowa, we're the only store within three islands to carry any of our brands. And it will always be that way because of, you know, brand distribution exclusivity. We're the only store within our radius to carry a lot of our brands. There are some overlapping with some stores here, but, you know, primarily in this North Austin area, we are the only one. So for me, being able to find these niches where, you know, the, the customer is here, but they're not being served locally, I think is, definitely one of the top things that I work on to hustle on. I I always love to find something that is not happening within our industry as in, you know, modern workwear or spaces or locations and seeing if we can provide and and go in there and um, be a service. Kind of moving on to like Erica and what, who Erica is, travel, music, what do you do? What do you love to do? You know, <laughs> what's, you know, I know you love to work, but yeah. like, besides that, like. I don't know. Let's see. I think what I like to do, I, I'm such a homebody. I think because I travel so much for work, I'd rather just be home in my pajamas, just watching some kind of mindless reality housewife show and just vegging out. Like I love spending time with my family. I love the beach. You know, we've got a spot down in Isla Palms, which is not far from Kiowa. And it's like my getaway. It's a place where I can just kind of relax. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I'll have people, they see this persona of me. You know, they've read about me in Women's Wear Daily or, you know, the New York Times. And, you know, they'll get so nervous around me. And then once they start to like know me, they are like, oh, you know, what were we so worried about? Like, she's such a nerd. Like, you know, like I really deep down am just like a normal, like round the way kind of person. You know, you always perceive people a little bit different, but I'm just like a really normal lady. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I think that comes, I'm a little bit of the same way, you know, traveling, I'm gone. My kids are older. I've missed a lot over the years, but I'm a homebody by nature. And my wife's the opposite. You know, let's go do this and let's go do that. You know, why don't we want to do this? And I said, you know, I'm on all the time, 24-7. I mean, when I tell you I am like a hermit, I am a hermit. I don't go out. You know, occasionally when I travel, I'll try to find like a place to get like a really great 
like Swedish massage or hot stone massage. And even then, like you're so mentally worn out. I end up falling asleep during them all. Uh, Yeah, it's just like me spending time with my family. And, you know, whenever I can, I love to travel with my family. I love to bring them with me wherever I go, you know, and just kind of like make something as fun as possible because I really don't want to miss out on anything that they're doing. You know, I've got a 19-year-old that's soon to be 20, a 16-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And so especially all of them being in their teens, you know, it's really important for me to be around for them and, you know, talk them through certain things and just get through feelings and make sure that they're mentally sound and strong and, you know, that they can come to me for anything. Having just met your daughter seems very fashion-forward. I have a 25-year-old son and a 27-year-old daughter who's very fashion-forward. They start to bring me the ideas. You know, it's refreshing because they start to see things. By the way, you know, vegging on reality TV is mindless and as crazy as I think it is. And my daughter watches them all. But there's stuff that comes, trends that they pick up on. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, she's been in here less than 24 hours and she was telling me about an influencer in Austin that we should connect with because that is her age group. And, you know, this mom, this person has a million followers on TikTok and they live in Austin and you should, you know, see about getting Ghani on them. And, you know, she's constantly telling me things like that. And it's something that I would never research out myself. I mean, at 45 I'm not so heavily focused on influencers that are in their 20s, right. but, you know, she's got that pulse and sh- that it just comes down, you know, hey, mom, I already follow them. Like, you should check them out. And, you know, she got dragged to the Louis Vuitton penthouse when she was 13. Uh, I had to do an appointment for an NFL player. And she was so bored. I was like, do you realize, like, Kim and <laughs> Kanye come are the only ones to come in this penthouse? They don't get so wrapped up in fashion because fashion could be very superficial at times. They understand at this point with me being in fashion for so long, you know, what really matters and what's important. And so they're really supportive and they're really great. Even my son was telling me he was showing the girls in his class our website and the girls thought that I should carry more Nike, but. (laughs) Well, that's what the girls are wearing. Yeah, exactly. The Nike pandas. Um, (laughs) But anyway, you know, he's going to be a popular kid. Uh, lucky <laughs> yeah. to be him. You know, as you think about Charlotte, places that people, as they visit Charlotte, what's the one, two, three things you think they should see? I mean, definitely go to a Carolina Panthers game. I think it's really cool to see the whole city come around. And I'm sure it's like that with any NFL team. But the Panthers are just such an amazing team. Um, A NASCAR race, for sure. I think I'm going into a sports section here because that's what I knew. But a NASCAR race is, if you've never been, to hear all those engines, it's really phenomenal. And to see how fast they go. It's pretty spectacular. And then uh, the, we've got a great museum called the Mint Museum. They've got a fashion spin on it. And I think it's really beautiful. They bring in designers and artists from all over the world, all over the country to showcase in Charlotte. And yeah, so sadly, two of my things are sports. I can never leave that. And then um, one has a fashion spin on it. And then lastly, the hidden gem of Charlotte. For me, a hidden gem in Charlotte is if you've 
ever been to the Duke Mansion in Charlotte? Have you been? I've never been, no. It is an old historic home in the heart of Charlotte, and it's been turned into this beautiful bed and breakfast. And it's got like the black and white diamond-shaped marble flooring, and the house is still preserved and intact. And the grounds, when it's in the springtime, is stunning. People get married there, but you can also go there for like a happy hour every day and just have like a bottle of wine and just sit out and look at their beautiful rose gardens. It's really beautiful, and it's breathtaking. The grounds are really gorgeous. It's very, uh, you know, with the columns, it's a very old historic home, and it's just a moment of peace throughout our city. I'm there a lot, so I've never heard anyone bring that up, but I'll write that down. Yeah. Um, Where do we find you? We are online 24-7, www.shopshowroom.com. And you can find us in store locations at Kiowa Island, South Carolina, in Freshfields, and at the Domain Northside in Austin, Texas. Erica, I want to thank you for your time today, for coming in, kind of sharing the genesis of Showroom. Again, thanks for your time. I know you just got back from Paris. So welcome. It's fun. Happy to be here. This has been Backstory and Beyond, hosted by Ward Kampf. To learn more about Northwood Retail or the destinations from today's episode, visit BackstoryBeyond.com.